Good morning. It's good to be together with you today. Uh, God bless us in this time that we spend at our Savior's feet. Uh, I'm going to share with you a story. Uh, back when my youngest son, Jonathan, was around 10 years old, he wanted to play football with Carmel Dad's Club. And uh, in his very first scrimmage, it was not going well for, for Jonathan. Uh, it, he, his coach had him playing on the front line, both offense and defense, and it seemed on almost every play, the opposing player was just pushing right through, knocking John over. And even though I had never played organized football, uh, yet I could see that it was as a result of John's feet, how he was positioning his feet. He had his toes together on the line, and, and he was coming straight up like that, which meant all the other player had to do was just push on him, and John was going over like a domino. So when we got home from the game that day, I took John into the backyard. He still had his equipment on, and, and I said, John, I want to show you a few things. So I got down and I showed him how to separate his feet and then to, to use that as leverage. And then I showed him how to come up rather than come straight up, to come up at an angle and to use that as additional leverage. And then how to work his shoulder and to work his arm to be able to come against the opposing player. And with that, having demonstrated that to him several times, I said, all right, John, I want to make sure you understand what I'm showing you here. So, so come on, you know, one, two, three, hike. Well... John came up off the line, his shoulder pad got me under my rib cage. he lifted me off the ground, drove me back, and then body slammed me to the ground, knocked the wind out of me. I'm on my back trying to figure out what just happened. I'm seeing stars trying to get my breath. Next thing I know, John just very gently comes over to me and looking through his helmet and his face mask, looking at me and says... You mean like that, Dad? <laughs> I'm still trying to get my breath. Yeah, John, I, I think you got it. You can go in now and get cleaned up. I spent the next hour on the couch. Sue kept coming over to me. Are you going to be okay? John, while he never went to play football beyond Carmel uh, Dad's Club, yet from that point on, he understood leverage, and he did a whole lot better when he was playing on the front line. Well, I share that story with you because there's not only a couple of questions, several questions I want to ask, but these are questions that I want us each just to, to think about and to chew on for a little bit. What are you up against? What overpowering difficulties are staring you down? What curve in life is threatening to bowl you over? What imposing force is coming at you, gritting and grinding its teeth, grimacing, growling and scowling, just looking for the opportunity to not only knock you down, but to run you over? Perhaps it's illness, injury or disease, strained or broken relationship, loneliness, betrayal. Insecurity, uncertainty, doubt, disappointment, disillusionment, shattered hopes and dreams, overwhelming responsibility, effects of aging, death of a loved one, fear of death. What is knocking the wind out of your life and striking fear in your heart? 
My friends, it's not a matter of if, but when. We live in a fallen and a broken world. Life as God meant it to be is not life as it is. Sin has destroyed our ability to live out our days here on earth trouble-free. And what is more, sin and its consequences is no respecter of persons. It doesn't care what your status in life is or how much money that you have. The Apostle Paul reminds us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Even Jesus himself declares, in this world you will have trouble. So knowing all of this, What are we to do? Just throw up our hands and give up? No. Instead, just like my son Jonathan, what you and I need in this fallen and broken world is a little bit of leverage. We need to learn how to properly orient ourselves in anticipation of those difficulties that sooner or later will be staring us in the face. We need to ready ourselves for those forces and consequences of sin that will rise up in opposition against us, threatening to bowl us over, having the potential to knock the wind out of our lives and strike fear in our hearts. What you and I need is to take hold of a helping hand. But where do we go to get that leverage? Where do we turn to find that helping hand? Well, that is where our Lord Jesus Christ tells us, take heart, I have overcome the world. The Apostle Paul proclaims, thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The psalmist asserts, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My friends, Almighty God wants each of us to realize anew this day the leverage, the helping hand that He Himself provides us through faith in our Lord Jesus. When Jesus says, take heart, I have overcome the world, this is more than a nice-sounding, well-meaning token sentiment that you put on the inside of a greeting card. What Jesus declared, Jesus demonstrated. And that is the assurance that is evidenced to each of us in our gospel reading for today. There are several things about leverage I want you to take note of uh, in in our text for today. First of all, we see the leverage that Jesus himself relied upon. With the beheading of his cousin, John the Baptist, Jesus himself needed some downtime to process this moment with his heavenly Father. Having miraculously fed the 5,000, Jesus then, we read in our text, made the disciples get into the boat and go to the other side ahead of him while he dismissed the crowd. And after Jesus dismissed the crowd, he went up on a mountainside to pray by himself. And when evening came, he was there alone. My friends, Processing life experiences with our Heavenly Father is so necessary for each of us. 
You see, God never intended for any of us to go it alone through life. From the very beginning, even before sin entered into the world, God intentionally created us to be in relationship with Him. And now that sin has made its way into God's creation, our relationship with God is all the more vital. Especially when life gets tough. We need downtime in the company of our good and gracious God. Back when I was going through a tough time in college, I had a a friend from my home congregation share with me a portion of Scripture that I had never before come across, but have never since forgotten. In Psalm 46.10, God Himself exhorts us, Be still and know that I am God. Just as our Lord Jesus drew strength, gained leverage from taking time alone to process life's complexities with our Father in heaven, so also do we need to regularly resort to and rely upon such moments ourselves. Not only do we see Jesus taking advantage of leverage, but now we see Jesus demonstrating His own leverage out on the Sea of Galilee. While the disciples were out on the lake in the immediate hours just before sunrise, so they had been out there all night, and now it was in the hours just before sunrise. The rough translation of what Matthew tells us here is this, that hostile forces of nature had risen up in opposition against the disciples and were torturing them. The disciples were getting bowled over and they were about to go down. And as they were in the midst of their worst, Matthew simply tells us that Jesus went out to them. What a comfort it is to know that in the face of crisis, God is there. Just as Moses said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And what is more, not only did Jesus go out to them, but Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Talk about someone with leverage. The forces of nature that were striking fear in the disciples had no effect whatsoever on Jesus. But as of yet, the disciples weren't in a position just to reason this away. They had never seen a sight like this before. And since oftentimes fear begets more fear, their first thought was, it's a ghost. In their minds, now not only were they up against the natural forces, but now supernatural forces were also up against them. But in the midst of their worst fears, there came a familiar, calming voice with three little sentences. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And you can almost in that moment imagine the disciples quickly looking around the boat at each other saying, wait wait a second, I I recognize that voice. Is, Is that who I think it is? And Peter, wanting to be certain, says, Lord, if it's you, Tell me to come to you out on the water. To which the voice responds, come. 
And you might recall how earlier in his ministry, Jesus had said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Or where James, the brother of our Lord, writes in his letter, come near to God, and he will come near to you. Thus, at Jesus' invitation to come, Peter stepped out in faith, trusting in the word of his Lord. And Matthew tells us that Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and walked toward Jesus. Like a child taking his first steps, Peter was walking. Walking on water. Walking toward Jesus. In spite of the wind, in spite of the waves, in spite of the darkness, in spite of the fear. And my friends, here is where we come to the takeaway for us in this message today. And I want you to note this and note it well. As long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, Peter had all the leverage that he needed to stay above his circumstances, to stay above his fears. But also notice what happened the moment Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. When he focused rather on his circumstances. When he listened to the voice of his fears rather than to the voice of his Savior. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Yet even in the midst in that moment, I want you to notice Jesus' ongoing posture. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Jesus was there to give Peter the helping hand that he so desperately needed when his faith was running so weak. And then note further the loving rebuke. It is a rebuke, but it's a loving one. It's a caring one by which our Lord not only challenges Peter and the disciples that were there that day, but also you and me. Our Lord challenges us when he says, you of little faith, why did you doubt I mean, you were just there yesterday when out of five loaves and two fish, 5,000 plus people were fed. You've just watched me walking on the stormy waves. Why do you doubt? And this, of course, harkens back to those three little sentences that Jesus had just said to them earlier. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And then interestingly, they climbed into the boat and the wind died down. My friends, herein lies the teachable moment for you and me. Fear or faith, whichever commands our attention, commands our life. With this in mind, I'm reminded of the man who once said to Jesus, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Or when the disciples simply requested of their Lord, increase our faith. You see, what you and I need, all that we need, is some leverage, greater faith, 
to which the author of Hebrews goes on to challenge us when he writes, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, to which end the Apostle Paul reminds us that faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes through the message, and the message is in the word of Christ. To each and every one of us, Jesus says, come. Come to me in the power and in the promises of God's word. Come. Come to me in the promise and assurance that was made to you the day you became a child of God through the precious waters of holy baptism. Come to me in my body and blood to not only be assured of your forgiveness, but to be strengthened to face whatever fears or challenges you are dealing with in your own life. Come. Come to me. My friends, I invite you to take a moment also right now to consider one more bit of leverage that is ours through faith. And that's the leverage that our Lord Jesus demonstrated on the cross of Calvary and when he rose from the dead. Talk about leverage. Why do we doubt? The one who allowed his hands to be nailed to the cross of Calvary now extends those same helping hands to you and to me in the midst of whatever it is that we may face in life this side of eternity. He is our Savior. He is our Deliverer. He is our leverage. So may these three little sentences, these assuring words of our Lord Jesus Christ, not only continue to ring in our ears, but may those words take root in our hearts and then bear fruit in our lives to where Jesus says, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. God grant this greater faith to you and me for Jesus' sake. Amen? Amen.